Well, hello. We're back. Rodeo Time Podcast. Dale Brisby in the house with our man here. Uh, well, first, we've got Katrin, the in-house personal trainer. Uh, Donnie Ray Daytona, the cameraman, bronc rider extraordinaire. <laughs> and then the long-haired hillbilly Viking from up north, Mr. Corey Anderson. What's your middle name? Lee. Corey Lee Anderson. And, uh, For no particular he, reason. He is with Total Feeds the uh, feed company and um, <clears throat> so we uh, we're, we're allowing him to be here because Total Feeds is bringing you this podcast and um, you know we're aligning those two brands Rodeo Time and Total Feeds the official Thursday. feed of Rodeo let's yeah. see time. yeah <laughs> I feel like if we could come yeah, together let's bring somehow. it together synergy one thing we're going to talk about <laughs> in this podcast which 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 side of the aisle are you on are you the kind of person that's going to go hitchhiking in Alaska or are you going to go get a massage on Friday and can those two people be the same person? No. <laughs> well, that's what Corey Lee Anderson has to say about it, but what do you have to say about it? So thank you, Total Feeds, for bringing us this podcast, and thank you, listeners, for enjoying it. Text me, 940-353-0890. Now to the podcast. Rodeo time. Got to get her on down the road. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. I um, don't really like how much higher Corey is sitting than me. Why are you sitting on a phone book? Uh, you know, it's it's really more about my status than my <laughs> relative height. You are seriously like a <laughs> foot taller right now. He's I'm sitting not- in the same chair. Yes. We're all sitting in regular folding this, chairs. For those Corey's of you sitting in a hunting chair, those of you that haven't been here, worst chair in the building is what they give to the guest at the podcast. You don't like How that do chair? You know? We have a million chairs. Will you get him that that wooden one right there, Donnie? Yeah. Here, how's it? Oh, we get it to him right now. Do you really want me to get it to him? <laughs> yeah. He's, hey, it's my thing. Donnie don't want to. I'll do it. I it's just okay. didn't know if you were like being actually serious. Well, I'll get it. I thought you were saying, like, what if, I bet it gets worse. Well, no, this one actually yeah, squeaks yeah. also. Donnie, you can't. It was on. I was hearing it. Yeah, you might not can hear it. It might be your headphones. Yeah, your headphones might not be. Uh, can you hear oh. everybody else talking? Oh! Yeah, but not I shrunk. Yep. Now it's my headphones. There we go. Is that better? It's just like I can't hear myself. I can't hear her in my headphones. Yeah, I can't either. It's weird. I can always hear Well, I'm moving them around. I can hear in mine. She should, she's number two. Shit. It's It's not the It's the headphones. Okay. It's not the... Ooh. Talking to it? Check, check. Yeah, no. You, you're not. Yeah, no. I can't hear you. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Where'd that phrase come from? We all know what that means. Yeah, Rodeo. No. Oh, there we go. Donnie? Yeah. Check, check. Oh, yeah. Testing. Checkity, check, check. Checkity, check, check. Is that <laughs> what you were saying yesterday? I don't even know. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rodeo Time, the podcast. We've got it squared away. We had uh, um, Corey was just sitting too high. Um, he was up <laughs> above Dale Brisby, and that's just not acceptable. It was awkward. 
I'll admit it was awkward. It was awkward. <laughs> you were you were in a, at an awkward height. <laughs> I f- <laughs> yes, I felt out of place. Um, you know, and there's that old phrase: "It's the tallest nail that gets hit first by the hammer." Yeah, <laughs> that makes me nervous. Yeah, uh, have there been other times that you felt awkward like that? Uh, pretty much the last fifty-one years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You, I was thinking. Earlier. I'm just narrowing it down to that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, we need to get you a shirt. It says, uh, "I've been kicked out of much nicer places than this." <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> yep. Our story about what happened before we started the podcast. So when I was a kid growing up, every year on I'm going to date myself terribly, but every year on New Year's Eve. Um, the Marx Brothers movie, The Duck Soup, would play, and my parents would stick me in front of the TV while they were, you know, doing adult things. Getting hammered? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said the nail that sticks out gets hammered. Yeah. I thought that's what you meant. Groucho <laughs> Marx, in that movie, he said, I, I'll never want to belong to a club that has me as a member. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So you were learning things while your parents were, what do you call it, that's, doing adult things? That's, yes, that's okay. the adult beverages. Oh, oh, I thought maybe you Partaking. Like making, making your babies. little brother. No, <laughs> on New Year's Eve, yes. We had a new baby every uh, September, yeah, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are 15 of us. <laughs> well, I could see, like, not only are you tall, but you've also got the long hair. Yeah. And that it's like you make yourself a target. Yep. Do you find that you're a target? Like, do you ever go to the bar? Nope. Yeah. yeah we, cover, we covered this in another podcast. I don't remember. Yeah, I've done, I, this is number 65. So, I don't go to bars. Did you used to? Yeah. And uh, in college, I have a picture. I'm going to find, I got I have a picture of my, like, my senior in college. In your hair. flip phone? Yeah. In my flip phone. What kind of, what is that? An Android? That's a BlackBerry. It is the most advanced. I know that it's not an iPhone. It's not? <laughs> no. It's a Google Pixel. Because every time I try to send him a picture of something, it says not delivered. It's <laughs> a so that's, message. That's me at, at like 22. What? Wow, look at the flexibility of that man. That's a good squat. Your hair has been that long <laughs> for that? No. For that much time? No, I... I'll find a picture. Yeah, really. Most, you know, like most of my adult life, I've cut it pretty short. I used to go to the barber shop and I'd say, give me another eight, uh, number eight all the way around. That's one inch all, all the way around. But, but I w- it was that long back in college. And so when I did go to the bars, you know, I would in- inevitably get the question, are you in a band or something? <laughs> yeah. Wait, when, what year was it that you were going to bars in college? So this would have been. 1988 through 1993. Nice. College. Were you born Not yet? Not bad. <laughs> no. Not bad, Donnie <laughs> says. Neither were you. <laughs> yeah, 91. He said 88. Through 93, right? You said yes. 88 through 93. I was born in 95. Yeah. So no. So I would, I would just play it up. Cause, and I would always say, like, I was the bassist for some band because nobody knows who the bass player is. Right. <laughs> Bingo. I just, I don't like to go to bars because I'm a target. And I don't mean, like, 
I mean, yes, everyone does know who Dale Brisby is, obviously, because I'm the greatest of all time. But even if they did, even if they happen to be the one out of three that didn't know who I am, like this is a target, you know, at a bar. Like, I want to go mess with that guy. I want to instigate yeah. something. Everybody's picking on me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just, just well, not going to the bar. I see it in Vegas, man. Yeah. People like freaking it's if it's 11 o'clock they are intoxicated yeah they sure they've got a much different personality than they normally would if they saw you at three o'clock at the rodeo and they are ready to start some stuff i can tell you i started out kansas state because i <clears throat> we lived in kansas uh in most of my teen years and uh kansas state is chock full of kids like me from little towns all over kansas and we were used to drinking and fighting as recreation, you know, growing up in a small town, didn't have much to do. And so I think almost every weekend that we went out, we would get in a fight. Just the bar, you know, just a bunch of, bunch of redneck kids from Kansas. What else is going to happen? You know, we're all drinking and carousing. And so I know fun. what carousing means, but. Caitlin, I don't think, knows what I mean. What's the definition of that East Texas, word? you have to help me. <laughs> and say it really slow. Yeah. Carousing. Is that a K or a C? I would define carousing as trying to get your game on. Get with, your game on. Yes. Is that, is that Go a, a more? Go <laughs> <laughs> Hey, now you're a rock star. Yep. Yeah. Well, hmm. Is it get paid or get laid? It depends on what version. Mm. It depends on who's singing it. Gotcha. Anyway, sorry. But I don't like to fight. I've never liked to fight. Well, I'm not talking about fight. I'm just talking about confrontation. Like, apparently there's just random people that don't like you. Yep. Which That's a given. no sense to me. Right. You're a likable dude. We're all the villain in someone's story. That's oh, heard that. True. <laughs> No, I I say that just because it's just one person. It's not a bunch of people. Some of us more people than others. But. You know what's <laughs> <laughs> what is funny is I I never liked fight. I hated fighting, but um, like if it was me, somebody was trying to pick on me or or talk crap to me. It didn't really bother me. I mean, I was always big for my age anyway, so it didn't really matter to me. I didn't really have anything to prove. However, I didn't like bullies, and so I would get in fights like covering somebody else's butt right and somebody was getting yeah. picked on because i never liked that yeah especially being a bigger guy you know it's like i could do that yeah so i uh yeah i avoid them <coughs> mm-hmm. i have i i have no into well except cowboy Cerrone. i want to beat him up <laughs> There's me and Cowboy. Um, it's gonna we're, it's gonna happen yeah. one day. I'm gonna fight him. Yeah, I'm gonna I, destroy him. I feel I feel a rock solid pay per view <laughs> moment coming on mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. I, I'm, I think thinking on, I'm thinking oh, free show. I'm thinking free show on on YouTube. I want everybody to see me <laughs> destroy him. The destroy just seems to be the word. Yeah, that comes to mind. Yeah, destroy. I want to huh. destroy him. Are you that? Are you training? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I have to. Yeah, naturally. You know? But are you going to? I mean, I don't know. I might do a few push-ups. Okay. But. That's fair. You know, the thing to think about, because I remember this. mono e mono, Cowboy versus cowboy. Cowboy. 
cowboy. We're gonna see. This. We're gonna see who the cowboy is. I remember this girl who. Are was, you trying to change the subject? Because I want to camp on this. I'm not. I want to make sure. I'm just. That everybody prepar- knows I'm, I'm coming for you, cowboy. I'm preparing you for something. I remember this girl who was like, she was studying martial arts uh, when I was young. Huh. And I knew her. Yeah. Katrin tried to pull some karate on me out in the warehouse a little earlier, so it made me think of this. And and it was one of those things where they, I don't know what kind of deal it was, but they move you up pretty quickly, you know, belt after belt, kind of keep the, I suppose, keep the money rolling in so you get excited. But, I mean, I knew this girl I went to high school with her. I'm like, listen, I, if you're going to get a fight, you got to think about something. How many punches do you think you could take from a guy like me before you soften up? Because you're going to get hit. I don't care how good a fighter you are. You're going to have to take a few punches. And that's one thing that people don't think about when they prepare for a fight. is taking a few punches in the, while you're trying to take the guy down. So how many yeah. can... Oh, yeah. How many do you think you can take? How, how many I, do you think you can handle? I really feel like we should figure that out. <laughs> you know, I just I feel I'll like do it. I don't <laughs> I don't feel like I'm, I figured there was a volunteer here somewhere. You know, I don't feel I like it's it gonna be there. a big deal. We'll all just get in line and like we'll just take turns. Like we'll put a whiteboard up and you just mark. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just gonna. Punch. It's gonna be one, two, boom, boom, game over. You're only gonna be able to take two punches. <laughs> That's all game I'm gonna over. need to deliver. Oh, yeah. Look out, cowboy! I'm coming for you. Are y'all gonna have like sock and boppers on? Like, or is this I'm thinking bare knuckle. Oh, okay. You remember sock and boppers? Yeah. So. I'm thinking bare knuckle. Get those those Halloween Hulk fists. Destroy, yes. destroy. <laughs> That's just the word that comes to mind. Destroy. He's a Can Am endorsee now, so I'm gonna see if I can go through Can Am to get that hooked up. Nice. In this corner, brought to you by Can-Am, we've got a cowboy. In this other corner, another cowboy. We're going to find out which of these is and which of these ain't no cowboy. It's like Brought to you by Can-Am. It's like he's so, been thinking about this for a while. Shirtless, boxing no, shorts, cowboy that. boots. <laughs> In the dirt. How are you going to fight? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm thinking we can go in his home, oh, the Octagon. The round pen. Yeah. Huh? Throw them in like the round that. pen. Yeah. yeah. It'll be hard to film. Lock lock the door. <laughs> uh, I need to give him a way to escape. I'm going to destroy him. Y'all fight. Let a bull out. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like real gladiator stuff. Yeah. Like totally. we'll let a bull out like yeah. on a chain. Like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be awesome. Stake it in the ground? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can use catfish's steak. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll like build a drop door so this like, is it like, comes out of the ground. Like the Roman Coliseum, yeah, but we're yeah, going to yeah, improvise. <laughs> Just yeah. like Gladiator with Winnebago Crow. style. Yeah. Oh my yep. God, Dale's Russell Crowe. No, I think he's more like a... We can have fish. <laughs> communist. Yeah. We'll have fish pop up out of the panel on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is getting really expensive. It's getting really expensive. <laughs> tell us about, speaking of fish, tell us about fishing in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few fights in Alaska. You just left? You just packed up your bags and left after high school? Yeah. Thanks. That's the end of the story. Um, (laughs) Tune in next time. (laughs) Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. Spent a little time in Alaska when I was young. So it started with Louis L'Amour. That's where my story was. You and him? 
one question. Was this before or after your college? Like, you graduated high school and... Two trips. Okay. Um, first first trip, I was 21. I was still in college. And the second trip when I was uh, 26, 25. Okay. 25. Continue. <laughs> Louis L'Amour. Louis L'Amour. I don't know how many people lead, read Louis L'Amour anymore, but I grew up on Louis L'Amour. He was... Say that 12 times fast. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Jamestown, uh, North Dakota, and that's his hometown. So he was like a local hero. And I loved... We all read his books. I loved his books. And he, he like me, grew up in a small town and, and read. And that's what I did. I read a lot. That was my escape because I was so bored um, growing up. And he he used that to seek a life of adventure, and he traveled all over the world uh, just working wherever he went. And I really, I got the idea from reading his books. Now he also, if you read his books, he'll tell there's nothing but trouble out there if you've got that mindset that you're bored and you're looking for adventure. But um, that's what spurred me. And then in those days, I remember back in, I used to get... Um, popular science magazine and in the back of popular science there was this ad for like come try the adventure of alaskan fishermen you know make your fortune in alaska and that was a big deal like in the 80s and this guy had this little booklet that he sold and yeah. i i mailed away for this booklet on how to there for a little bit when i was go. in college it was like uh, people selling books going door to door or people selling alarm systems yeah going door to door like selling dictionaries or yeah they whatever. would for the summer, they would fly to like Utah and go to Salt Lake mm-hmm. and go door to door selling alarms, alarm systems. Yeah. And they said, you know, like go make, they would try to go, it would be advertised like come up here and be here for 45 days and make $18,000. Yeah. So, and that's how they got them there. Everybody uh, made different amounts of money depending on what kind of liar they were. There's always, <laughs> you know, now it's probably uh, be a YouTube star <laughs> this summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Texas for $45. Make $18. That's a lot of people trying to do that right now. (laughs) Hey, if I can do it, anybody can. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so my my best friend, he he was like me. He was like, man, we got to go out. So you were going to go anywhere, and then you just, that was the popular thing at that time, like or a flyer that you saw, like, all right, well, if we go to Alaska, number one, it's an adventure to get there and be there. But then this is that thing we can do to also make money. Cause did, yeah. What do you sell? What now? No, or his deal that, was oh, no, it no, wasn't no. selling anything. It okay. was like working as a yeah. Oh, okay. Make money. Boat. Yeah, make money gotcha. on a fishing boat in Alaska. It's like all this money's waiting up there. Hell yeah. Yeah, and this little booklet came. My my best friend, like we literally talk. The the train runs through Garden City, Kansas, where I grew up, and. It ends, like, the train goes all the way to Los Angeles, and we literally talked about, like, just jumping on the train and hiding out until <laughs> we got to L.A. Being hobos. <laughs> totally. Not that that's So you didn't practical. do that? Like, assuming that we wouldn't be found, yeah. you know. In yeah. Was it a passenger train, or was it, like, a car? Okay. They had both. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they had, we had two packing plants in town, so <clears throat> they, uh, they slaughtered, like, 10,000 head of cattle in my little town, so those trains running. Yeah, per day or year, day. every day, Dang. ten thousand head of cattle. Yeah, so I grew up around hey. the cattle business. Oh yeah, Kansas. Mm-hmm. There were a million and a half head of cattle within a hundred miles of Garden City. My dad was—that's where he 
um, he worked originally for Alston Prina, and he was a feedlot consultant for all those feedlots. He made feed for, for everybody. That's where he earned his chops. I mean, he did that every day, year in and year out. That's how he learned so much about nutrition and animals. <coughs> so my buddy, he was all fired up. And, like, we were going to go. I'm like, I'm going to get this little book. And it says, you know, we can go to Seward. We can go to Anchorage. It's all these cool places. And make our fortune this summer. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I, I, I was saving up my money all spring. And I bought this backpack, this big, biggest backpack I could carry. And he was, uh, his family had a tent, you know, and some other gear. And it came down to like, I think we were just, we just finished up school. And it was like a week before we were going to go. And he's like, I can't do it. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, I just don't think I can do it, man. And, and, and so it, this is a, this is a moment that literally changed my life forever because I'm like 20 21 years old and I just thought about it for like a day and I'm like you know what I've got these plans I got this backpack I've been doing this I'm just gonna go <laughs> I already bought the backpack <laughs> <laughs> I spent $63 on this backpack I'm going to Alaska for seven years and gonna <laughs> think about that think about like that's what I've got. Oh, I've got man. my plan is I've got this little booklet. I've got a backpack. Yeah. No, I'm going to be a bull rider. I've already bought the ring bag. <laughs> that was it. But that decision totally changed my life because I realized uh, if if I didn't do this, if I backed down now, that I was never going to get out of there. Yeah. I was never going to do anything. That's you how were gonna, You were going to always be just a little bit. <laughs> little did you know you were. You, you always were anyway. You know, I were. <laughs> was that too much? Was that too? That was too much. I toned, it wasn't I toned, enough. I, I censored myself. Sorry, I, I I couldn't hear those words. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I I was like, you know what? <clears throat> Give me that backpack. I'm gonna take that for the summer. Did you take his tent and things that like his or that tent. or whatever? Yeah. So I like took their family's tent. Give me that tent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you promised me this. I'm going because I got this backpack. Yeah, you owe But me. I need the tent. I'm taking that tent. <laughs> so you did take the tent? I took the tent. I'm sure it was the least he could do. For the summer, think about it. It's like a family of five, and I took their tent for the summer. You could, like, walk around in that well, thing. Well, that's what he I, gets. I look back, I'm like, I probably should have paid for that tent. But yeah, I right. Did. I did borrowed you, it. Did you take it back to him? At the end of the summer, yeah. Yeah, then it's all good. How big of a tent are we talking? Like, what kind of tent? Like a family like, of five tent? No, it was a little four-man tent. Oh, you're fine. Okay, was it like, did it like pop up? Mm -hmm. Like, okay. I thought maybe, I thought maybe it was like a canvas tent. Like, I'm thinking TP. like, yeah, something no. old. Oh. No. Something old. Because <laughs> I literally, I I had to, I could only take what I could carry, what yeah. I literally could yeah. carry. I was like, dang, he carried that canvas tent. I was like. So I had to, I needed I needed he needed to change his it was on the image. back of my mule mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I thought you said you were only gonna have one question for this story that's like four now when okay? did I say that when you asked the first one you're like one question okay no more questions let him tell the keep story no, keep numbering your questions oh this we could be here we'll all give day. you one more okay and and for those of you who are listening um, this is my least favorite subject myself. 
Because I've heard this story. It's boring. You've lived it. I've we can lived it. we can switch and talk about me because I love talking about me. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Back to my story. <laughs> so I end up and my my uh, my brother's wife had a brother who lived in Anchorage. That's I had a phone number, so I got up there and like I called him up, and uh, he said, "Oh, well, people hike around here all the time. Uh, you probably want to start out in Homer, Alaska. Uh, it's a lot of fishing down there. We're going to take you down." And they literally. He's in Anchorage, and they just took me out on the road, like, like twenty minutes down the road to where the highways cross. I'm like, just stand right there, and write your name, you know, write Homer on this little piece of cardboard. And what? I'm sh- I'm sure you'd be fine. Good luck. <laughs> there we go. Oh my. There I am. So how'd you get up there though? I got a plane ticket. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I walked. I hitchhiked. Yeah. From Kansas. No. I flew up there, and that's it. So then I'm like, I see them driving away. I'm like, standing with my car boys tied. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really doing this. <laughs> like, I'm looking around. There's nothing out there but wilderness. So in the morning, you're in Kansas with your family yeah. who works in the feedlot. And the next morning. And then that evening, you're standing in Homer, Alaska, or, or standing on the side no, of the road. On the side of the road. In Alaska. Somewhere. Sign. Somewhere in Alaska. <laughs> somewhere in Alaska that says, take Just me to Homer. Yeah. yeah. With a little, why with a little bandana. Why couldn't they state? take you all the way to Homer? I never asked that. <laughs> Donnie, that's a really good question. It was How just far a, away? I think it was just a I little too a fair far. Question. How far was, away? Did that you was have extended to to family. Homer? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it was too extended. <laughs> you know? okay. I'd have to look on a map because Homer's, there's a peninsula that goes down. Because like if it's another 20 minutes, <laughs> I don't understand why they couldn't take you. <laughs> but if it was like another three hours or something, yeah. then yeah. That's More like three hours round trip. Oh, okay. That's funny that like that's the, when you find out the extent of someone's relationship, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like Whoa. your brother's brother-in-law. He's like, who well, it was. and it's like, okay, we're not really related, right? I'm going up there, so I'm going to go back to the bar, <laughs> and I luck. need to go three hours down the road. Yeah, how about twenty minutes? Yeah, best. That's I can the do. extent. That's the extent. Like, <laughs> well, you see here's a cardboard. <laughs> <for your island. laughs> yeah, it's Alaska. There's like one highway. It's like, yeah, but you know, if we go any further, we're going to have to make a left turn. We're just not. We're just not up for that. So good that's, luck. That's funny. Like it's, I'm trying to think of like other scenarios where I've literally, like, reached the extent of a friendship with someone. You know, like what? What's the extent? It's just like been there. Yeah, times. I'll take you ten miles, but not thirty. You know, like like very clear cut off. That's almost like good news when know? they start doing the gas money calculation in their head. Right. Like. Eh. That's, is he that's, worth? That's like ten. I've got friends that would complain about doing something, but they would do it. You know. Do you have friends that you do stuff for, and then, and then when you ask them for the very same thing, they feel put out. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. He's got a list that you can see it. Yeah. In yeah. Face. No, I just thought of one. I just don't. It's. <laughs> yeah. This guy wanted me to promote this stuff. Anyway, I can't. I, I told him I wouldn't. <laughs> talk about it but told him it was such a cl- anyway i'm, I'm, so I'm starting s- to remember all the limits that some of my friends have we're gonna give you space to expand on that mm-hmm. i feel this is going somewhere yeah anyways side of the road side of the road headed towards homer yeah. yeah and i'm i'm alone who and picked I'm you up around, i'm looking around the mountains all around me and you know and and there's nothing out there is it cold no it's 
well, it's summer. So the sun's up like all the time. Right. In the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm standing there and there's nobody out there. And then this little pickup comes down the road. It's not three minutes that I'm standing there and there's these three young women in this pickup. I'm like, no way. They they pull over. <laughs> Donnie Street. I'm so not kidding. They pull over and like, hey, you going to Homer? Yeah. So are we. We live down there. I'm like. Were they good looking? Yes, well, they were. Just like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. We're looking for two oil boys to oil us up before every show. You are in luck. <laughs> There's a town. <laughs> Ten miles from here. Ten miles. Oh, sorry about my friend. He's a little slow. The town is that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyways, these girls pick you up. It's not three minutes, but, you know, before we get ahead of ourselves, they're like, yeah, get in the back. Oh. I mean, right, they're right, in a single right. cab truck, and there was yeah. no room up there. Like, yeah. So I'm laying I mean, that's, in the bed I mean, of the truck. I can the way sit in your lap, ma'am. <laughs> and they drive me down. The Homer is this little town. There's this thing called a spit. The spit runs. It's it's basically a road that runs out into the ocean. And the tide, it's the biggest tide change in the world. So the tide goes out, and it's like 200 feet. And then it comes back to the road, and there's nothing but road. And then there's beach, and then there's road. And they drive me down to the end of this thing, all the way out in the middle of water and mountains everywhere I'm like all right you can probably just throw your tent somewhere out here just like my oh, right no. yeah like good luck that's the way it works up there you're just on your own and so i pitched my tent on the beach and uh I'm like all right this is where <laughs> this is where i start my adventure <laughs> this is sounding like donnie's dream like did the tide roll in like did you were you smart enough not to put it like Yes, I was smart enough to put it up higher than okay. the tide came Okay, in. I don't think I would have been. I would have <laughs> So I could back up. You know, I did grow up running around in the woods, and I was a Boy Scout. So I was familiar with camping. Yeah, but... I was comfortable with it. On the, like, it's a little different, you know, being around the coast and stuff. I That's not, like, something everybody might know. Right. How, how cold did it get at night is what I want to know. Uh, not... You know, I grew up in North Dakota. Yeah, and I'm a Viking, so that's really not a factor. Well, it's a <laughs> factor. But it's a factor for Dale. It is a factor, and really, the I mean, it's not so bad if you got a good sleeping bag or bedroll, like which I did not. It's really <laughs> you had a tent. It's really <laughs> only when you have to get out of bed. I had a tent and a cheap sleeping bag. I slept with all my clothes on. So in the sleeping bag. I went on it the was wagon last week, and it's May, mid-May, and I slept in a, a bedroll. Had about this much foam pad that I was sleeping on top of. Didn't and have that either. A sheet, uh, a comforter, and then like one of those like thin but very effective microfiber type blankets on top of the comforter. And then the canvas of my bedroll and um, in the teepee. But I would, uh, I, I had a buddy heater. I had a buddy heater that I would turn on only in the mornings. So, you know. Because I didn't have it on during the night, but when I would get out of bed, I would, I would, my alarm would go off, reach over, turn on the heater, and then hit snooze. So nine minutes later, your teepee's just like a little warm hut. So and then I can get out of my bedroll and get dressed. Those of you that have a misconception that, that Dale's a, a tough cowboy, um, this, there's a lot of soft living involved with this. Heights and cold. 
those are the two areas where I'm not afraid to admit that uh, I'm I'm not as tough as. You know, we were going to do this tomorrow afternoon, but there was something. What was it? Something came up. Somebody scheduled me a massage for my birthday, and I can't not go. It's already been paid for. Uh, excuse me for letting a young, attractive woman rub my back. Sorry for being an American. Yeah. Have you never had a massage? I had a couple. Yeah, y'all ever had massages? He hasn't. Yeah, I'm sure you that have. Because that we're going, that won't take very long. Yeah. Well, it's. I used to get massages. I a lot. feel like I you go, know a lot more about it than we do. Work out. I've probably had <laughs> ten in my life. Probably ten of them. Go work out. You'd sit in the hot tub. Um, get a massage, then go to the chiropractor. Hot tub massage, then the chiropractor. It's like your back sounds like a slinky going off. Like. Brrr. Wow. Yeah. Facts. But. I don't go to the chiropractor a lot anymore, but back then I did. Just the massage. Masseuse? Now I just it? go to the massage. What's the word? Uh, hot, attractive, blonde girl <laughs> rubbing on my back is what the word is, Corey. I don't understand the crime in that. Yeah, we're going to have to have some pictures and video of this. You guys, please text me. This is my mid-roll. Please text me. 940-353-0890. Text me the word podcast and then tell me if you think it's so wrong that Dale gets a massage by a young woman by the name of Candace. I thought it was a dude. Her name is no name Candace. No, sir. I've never gotten a massage from You wouldn't a dude. let a guy? No, I would not. No. What about Sorry. a fat girl? Sorry. <laughs> I've, Where's I've, had, that I've had massages from larger ladies. Okay. <laughs> They're usually better, actually. Because <laughs> he kept saying, like, a young, like, blonde, attractive. I was like, what about... I mean, like, Katrin, really. Well, I'm you never trying know to say, come out, right? I'm just trying to say that, like, just because you schedule it, you know that on 420 and Friday afternoon, this young lady is going to rub your back. As opposed to, like, if I were just dating this woman and she and you... She was rubbing my shoulders, and you come in, you wouldn't be like, "Ooh, you're weird. You getting your shoulders rubbed?" Okay. I'm just saying, if you just word it different, it's like, "Oh, well, it's not that big a deal." I feel like, I feel like to be adequately massaged for the money you probably paid for it, you should be a, a stouter person, you know, woman. Like, yeah, but doing that. <clears throat> strong hands. I don't like to be kneaded on. K N E. AD. Like, I don't like this. Hey, you've had a massage before. Now that come to find out, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they, I mean, it hurt. Yeah. One time I went into this couple's massage with an ex of mine, and we're sitting in the waiting room, and they come out, and they call his name, and it's this cute little blonde that Dale's describing. Oh, right. And she was good looking. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Anyway, she comes out and she's like, okay, you ready, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, then this person comes out and it's for me and it's this big Helga looking woman. And she's like, Caitlin, are you ready? And I was like, Caitlin, you ready? And I just looked Speaking at him Russian. and I was like, oh yeah, hell no, we switching. <laughs> it's like, you ain't getting her. I'm not getting her. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't make him switch. But it was really funny. How was it? It was great. I've had probably... 50. I will now crack the back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here comes the people's elbow. <laughs> Bam! I've never had a massage that I personally scheduled for myself. They've right. all been scheduled for. Well, I'm just saying, like, like, like you had your yourself? assistant schedule. No, like someone gave them to me. Someone gave them to me as a as a gift. Like usually it was like either someone I was dating or working with, and they were like, "You have had a stressful week, and I think you need this." And I'm like, "All right, thank you. I'll take it." <laughs> you're yeah, not, you're like, not wrong. That's one of the massages uh, my mom bought for me, and it's one of those deals. They have the, you know, you're walking through the mall and there's a kiosk and you just lean you over the chair. Yep. And there was... I've never had one of those. I, I like my mom's, like, I, I, my back was all torn up. We were, I was helping my mom with a family issue and had to move somebody and my mom's like, I'll buy you one of those. And I looked around and there was, there was one that at least looked me in the eye. I'm like, well, I'll take that one. <laughs> like they're lined up like you're a king and you're yeah. picking your all your wives I'll take the big one <laughs> I'll take you and I'll take you <laughs> no she leaned me over the chair and she started just ripping into me and she goes is that too much and I leaned back and <laughs> said you can't hurt me <laughs> like it's a challenge so I get up like 20 minutes later I'm about passed out cause she's really like lactic acid in my ears you know right. <laughs> by this time and I get up, you know, face just plastered and everything. And I look over the wall, my mom's got her hand over her mouth. She's got tears in her eyes. She's laughing so hard, just watching the show. And there's people, like, watching this <laughs> woman just pound away. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, that was great. Yeah. yeah. I will say the one thing in the middle of a mall hallway that I won't do is, like, a manicure or pedicure that I haven't done. Oh, not in the middle of the mall. No, I mean, I won't do it anywhere. <laughs> I don't know if they are located other places. I thought that's what you meant. Or if they're, yeah, no, I'll do it behind closed doors. Yeah. That, I gotta go in a secret room for my manicures. Wait, you wouldn't even get a pedicure? I don't know the difference, but no. It's your feet. Yeah, no. Nobody. I don't really like people touching my that's, feet. I mean, they can. Yeah. I'm sure. It, I'm sure. Like if they massaged your feet, they'll probably feel good, especially yeah. if you've been like a yeah, long day on your feet. And, but, yeah. You know, I don't know. The calves don't sound. Because my calves are hairy, and like that sounds like it would actually hurt. Like if they start twisting oh. up all the hairs on my calf. When you get a massage, your calves are hairy. It doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a massage, they don't like rub your legs and like your feet and stuff. Yeah, you have those Not calf normally beards, right? My yeah, I have calf beards. Feet. <laughs> Not normally my feet. Oh, you should ask. Just be like, yeah, yeah I got some. My feet hurt, and calves seem pretty tight. Nah, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Do can it. can they get athlete's foot on their hand? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got athlete's foot? No. You want it? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me one time. Johnny was borrowing my boots, my riding boots. <laughs> and he said it like, he's like, you don't have athlete's foot, do you? Like, like I was making sure yeah, he wasn't going to give it to me. And I was like, no. He's like, oh. Oh, well, do you want it? It's like he forgot he has athlete's foot. Oh, I didn't forget. Because <laughs> I was probably wanting to scratch it right then. That's, That's just like, if, since uh, I came, I came up with a homemade, room. A homemade athlete's foot cure when I was in nah, junior high. Nah, it doesn't work. No, I'm serious. It won't work on me. In junior high gym class, I picked up athlete's foot. Mm -hmm. I literally, I scrubbed my feet with salt and I put socks on them. I slept with salt on my feet to kill the athlete's foot. I don't it just believe reminded you. Me. I don't believe you. I just pee on my feet in the shower. 
<laughs> hey, wait. Why won't you get a massage? I don't know. I don't want to have to, like... Cry in front of somebody? No. I don't, like, want to enjoy it and then think that I have to get them all the time. I think you're thinking of chiropractic work. Yeah, maybe that. Which but... is risky. But, like, a massage is just, like... Has anybody ever, like, just rubbed your shoulders like a girl, like... I've or offered. Or your mom? Yeah. <laughs> your mom. Oh, my mom. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Did, that, and you didn't enjoy it? Is that true? No, you I just did. tried to zing him with something there. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your mom. <laughs> well, it doesn't surprise me about my mom. My mom is outgoing. So I can see her stopping by your desk on her way after delivering just, caps. You know, like, Donnie, you seem tense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Anyways, you should try it. I'm not gonna. I'm buy not against one. it, but I'm not gonna go. Like I'm not gonna just go out of my way and feel. Like it's a lot of professional one. athletes. Do you want to go with Dale tomorrow? No. No, I don't want him to go with me. <laughs> do you want a couple of us? We don't need to ride in the same vehicle. <laughs> That's the destination. Like, he can go on his own time. That would be. So, that would be so sweet. Yeah. I'm gonna schedule you one, and you have to go. Yeah, you schedule him one. That. It's is at my house. Need to video. Donnie getting his first massage no. from a man. No, that'd be oh, a I'll weird make video. Sure it's like yeah, a girl. Are you okay with it being a man? I'd rather it not be yeah. a man. I'm probably not gonna go if it's a dude. To <laughs> be real honest. Yeah, you imagine I how stiff he personally be? wouldn't either. Okay, yeah. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Strip down. What? <laughs> no, I'm fine. No, I'm good. Are you gonna really touch me right there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When they say derobe to your comfort level, what would your comfort level be? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it depends on who's giving me the massage. Uh, oh. A young lady, female. Um, you can go naked. An old lady, female. Well, yeah, you wear a towel. You don't just like lay oh, on your yeah. back just no. butt naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> massage me. <laughs> you, you put a towel around you. Okay. okay. I don't know. I'd have to feel it out. Anyways, tent on the beach, Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) We we found his discomfort level. I'm not discomfort. (laughs) There's just nowhere to go left with that conversation. It's a bunch of dead ends. I'm not discomfort. He does need a massage. Yeah. You look tense. I'm not tense. You're tense. Speaking of tense, so I had this tent. Yeah, and you were in Alaska. <laughs> no, that was did easy. you make a bunch of money? Did you catch a bunch of fish? <laughs> yeah, did you make as much money as that flyer told you you would? So, I could fast forward that season real quick. Um, that year, the fishermen went on strike. <laughs> what? Mm, lucky you. So, I was literally like playing cards to make money to eat on the shore. With Wait, people. so why didn't you like work? I worked when I could, but when they, if would they all went on fishing, strike, there's no fish. What do you mean there's no fish? There's plenty there's of fish. No fishing, you mean? No fishing. Oh, so like they went on strike and you weren't enough replacement for them to still go. So the yeah, you don't <clears throat> you don't just walk onto a boat. That's that's not easy to do, especially if you're a greenhorn. This is what they politely called me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were being nice. Um. So I worked when I could. I worked for the processing plant where they bring mm. the fish in. Mm. And so I camped. Me and a whole bunch of people camped 
on this hilltop next to that um, in Kenai, Alaska. I ended up, I left homeless. Homer. Y'all were homeless. <laughs> we were homeless. Don't try to church it up, Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I had like this, this, you know, those little propane bottles in with just the little thing you put on. Kind of like exactly what I was describing for me. <laughs> That's all I had. That you're making fun of. On. Yeah, oh. but he was in Alaska. No, that's that was my meals, my heat source, that was everything. Hey, it's cold in the panhandle in Texas <laughs> in, in mid May. <laughs> yes. Where'd you bathe? So about every four days. Man, I couldn't do that. I would go <clears throat> plunk down, I think it was like two dollars at the YMCA for a day pass to nice. use the shower in the gym. Always go to a gym. Yep. See. I would get in the horse trough. My stuff is like sounding a little more rugged than yours. Like you went to a YMCA, like I literally shampoo, conditioner in my hair in a horse trough and it was cold. Yeah, there was no horse trough. <laughs> Not in the last There's an ocean. Yeah. But I imagine that's like that's freezing. Yeah, but then you'll be salty. That's cold. That too. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened that summer, but fast forward to the end because of the strike and everything. I barely made enough money to buy a plane ticket home. Aww. Dang. Well, you broke even. Free vacation. <laughs> Free vacation. Yeah. So, so that was that was that. The next time I went on a boat, I I had learned my lesson. But that was my that was my first adventure. Yeah, I lived in a tent the whole summer. Dang. Kenai. So how long were you there? Like uh, two months. About six weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that time. So a little less than two months. Gotcha. That's what it sounds like. But I was there for six weeks. Two months would be about eight weeks. (laughs) I think there's supposed to be a lunar eclipse tonight. Or was that last night? I think it was was last last night. night. Ah, I missed it. Yeah. That was my first trip. Well, it's been a great podcast. (laughs) Got to hear one of Corey Anderson's favorite, super um, interesting stories about being on the road, life on the road. Well, you're not living life on the road anymore. Because no. last year taught us that you don't have to. No, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so I want to say in, t- in 2019 that we did like 35 shows. And I do the bulk of them. Like my dad and I would split up for shows when they're on the same weekend. But that is a lot of time on the road to go cold turkey. Yeah. And it wasn't fun for me. As you know, I'm very social. You know, I, I really, I like to meet strangers so I go to these shows set up my booth and I'm there for three or four days you know the drill oh yeah you all do and uh, I like meeting people you know and and stuff so that was tough I hated it I mean really coming up here was like my only break yep yeah I uh, I hated it for a lot of people you know I was just blessed that we were in Winnebago and we could go outside at least right Um, well and then we we all learned that how important how important our content was if we didn't understand that already we were already doing that we were already making content that's what we do you know and then we have products and uh, it worked for you and it worked for us because and I there were a lot of people that didn't weren't ready for it like well that's what we do we make content so we just turned out I remember Ben and I, we knocked out like 30 videos in in a couple months just from stuff that we had, hadn't gotten to. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. But it didn't, 
didn't affect our sales in our and we kept uh, the pipeline open as best we could. Our worst problem in the middle of the pandemic and even now is the supply chain because there's just not enough oh, man, yeah. not enough workers. <laughs> there's you know corn prices are through the roof, Milo's through the roof. Uh, I can't find enough truck drivers. You know, I, my friends over at Prefort, they were just, they were devastated last year because they couldn't get people to weld. Yeah. You've got COVID, first of all, so that it shut down part of their operation. But when they came back, people were on unemployment and stuff, and they were making as much as they would make coming <coughs> to work. Yeah. So they couldn't find people. And they still, you know, there's a lot of us that still can't find people to come back to work. Yeah. So we did our best. Um to keep with the, working with the plant to keep our prices the same and, and try to get the feed out as much as we could but man I we've never had demand like we have this last year and I think people met, spent more time with their horses and, and realized they could treat them better yeah you know start taking better care of them because I know almost everything involved in our industry like that um, sales went up yeah. people just started <laughs> taking care of their their backyards because that's that was all they had I, I i just i appreciated that we were able to get back to doing what we do you know because every time we go on the road like for instance junior high finals mm-hmm. um i can't remember one of them that or high school one of them's in lincoln nebraska this year and the other one's i can't remember where yeah Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> so anyways we would go somewhere like that well you get the booth packed up on a thursday you leave out on friday you're there Saturday, Sunday, all the way to the next Saturday, right. that next Sunday morning, you pack up the booth, you drive back Sunday, you you get in late Monday morning, Monday's shot, Tuesday. So you're like, you're out of the game for like 14 days around mm-hmm. this booth. And it's great that you get to interact with the kids at the rodeo and, yep. and fans and all that. But now all of a sudden, like, we haven't put out a quality video in right. two weeks. And so there's a lag, and now all of a sudden, two weeks later, we've got nothing to put out. And that, at the core of what we do, is is not only the foundation we're built on, but it's like what we enjoy doing the most. Yep. You know, so booths are fun, and we're going to still do them, but I'm going to kind of change the way we do it. we got enough people now in the system that I might just go for two days, you know. Like, I've got, I've got junior high and high school finals. I've got hotel rooms, me personally, for... Tuesday night and Wednesday night. So I drive up on a Tuesday. I'm there that afternoon, all day Wednesday. Wednesday night I stay. Thursday morning I'm there a couple hours and I drive back. Mm-hmm. And then that way we can keep doing the things that um, make the wheels go around. I don't know about sales. Like I don't know exactly what we did in 2020. I don't know if it was that much more or less. I know that we didn't suffer as much as most people in the world did. But, um, but I do know about videos, and we got to do more of those. And so I like that system. Oh, and that's the thing. If, if there's anything that the demand went through the roof on, it was entertainment. Yeah. And it was funny because, like, anything, anything YouTube. To, to get your mind off of the YouTube revenue, <coughs> we were putting out more than we ever had mm-hmm. and quality content, but our YouTube revenue dipped during the, the height of that time because. <coughs> I think those ad dollars, which I never counted on YouTube anyway, so it was just an interesting, you know, metric to look at. But 
the ad spend that all these companies, number one, a lot of companies stopped spending that money, but number two, there were a lot more views all over. So like these ad dollars were being spread out more and these guys weren't having to spend as much money to, anyhow, it was really interesting to see how it worked. Now, in the fall, six months after everything hit, we were still going full steam. So like the fall was our biggest months that we'd ever had on YouTube, which we're still pretty minimal compared to other YouTubers, but nonetheless, it was just interesting to watch how that played out. And then we had that two months where we did that other thing that'll come, come out later Mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of made us lag in December, which a lot of people on the team got sick in December. Yeah. We had NFR. We were People went home for Christmas. So, (laughs) There was another lag in December and January in our content, but I mean, we were literally we were standing there on Commerce Avenue when you got the call. Yeah, that you tested positive, and it's it was Tuesday. Yeah, and as far as Thursday, yeah, and we, were, we just finished setting up your booth. It was a blessing that I didn't that I didn't that I found that out. Everybody, so I just randomly got tested. I was like, well, I better make sure before I go shake. So, people you know, and I can tell the audience, the people around me know this, I volunteered um, last year to be a test subject for the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. So I got vaccinated in August of last year. I was one of the guinea pigs, you know, there were 20,000 of us, and um, um, <clears throat> we didn't know at that time whether or not I was really going to be immune or any of us were, but I was there with you. When you got that call, and I, I told you, I said, you need to just head straight home. Yeah, and, for sure. And Gabe, you know, he tested positive, and, like, you head home and uh, monitor everybody that's working for you. Well, I was with so many people at the NFR because everybody was just dying to get out. Yeah. And you know our community. We are, you know, we hug, we shake hands, we talk face-to-face, you know, we drink together, we eat together. It's a tight community. The rodeo people. Let's just start part of our culture. Right. Everybody I was with got COVID. Like everybody, I was, all the people I was with, with Resistol and Wrangler and RFD and everybody, everybody it, it swept through everybody. I was wading waist deep in that and didn't get sick. And I got tested, I was getting tested all the time, being a test subject, but um, it was bad. NFR was, you know, nobody wants to talk about it, but it swept through pretty bad in fact we were joking about it at the American like this is the safest place to be everybody in this room has had COVID yeah <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah I don't know what to think about any of it I just know that you know I know the lessons I learned from it and the things you know the perspective I gained from it so mm-hmm. I think everybody in the rodeo industry was uh, rodeo cowboys are pretty appreciative of rodeo yep you know what I mean like there's a for the most part there may be some young guys that are new to the game that sometimes maybe take it for granted. Yep. But for the most part, the majority of, of us that are out there doing what we do, everybody is pretty... They, we don't take what we do for granted. Like that, no, that moment can't. at the beginning of each rodeo when we talk about, you know, when they sing the national anthem and everybody prays, like yep. that's a pretty important moment for any rodeo cowboy because we all understand like how blessed we are to get to do what we do and and so we very much appreciate those who stand in the gap for our freedom and and because being a rodeo cowboy is one of the most free 
American things a guy can do. Like you're going from town to town competing in a rodeo event for your income. You get to enter where you want. If you don't want to go, you don't have to. You get, I mean, every, and, and mind you, each one of these competitions are literally that town's party of the year. Yeah. And you might go to three parties of the year that weekend. Right. You know, so everyone there is just welcoming you with these open arms. So there's this moment at the beginning of the rodeo where it's like, all right, we get to do what we do because we live in this country. And there's people that fight for that right for us to do that. And so anyways, the point is we are reminded at every rodeo like how yeah. blessed we are to get to it's, do that. It's so, part of our culture. So when that hit, like, <clears throat> yeah, we were all pretty sad. But it wasn't this moment where everybody was like, Man, I've taken this. Now, there's a lot of people that may have not been smart with their money during times because they didn't see the end in sight. Mm-hmm. You know, that now that's a real thing. Yeah, I wish I would have bought more GameStop. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or I wish GameStop. Not you know. sold it as soon. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much money on this, you know, RV to go in, you know, when I probably could have budgeted this or that better or whatever decision that might have been. There's some people that did that, but as far as taking the the sport for granted, I don't think that was super prevalent. But No, it's going to be interesting this year. I remember I was talking to Chris uh, Woodruff of Group W. You know, he puts on a lot of events um, in Vegas and stuff. This was a year ago. It was like (laughs) almost exactly a year ago. It was in May, and we were talking about this. None of us were sure what was going to happen. Um, you know the the roping events, the the summer rodeos. They were canceling. It's like he didn't know what was going to happen that far. And I looked at him and I said, "Look, this this community is different. You know, rodeo people are different. We live together. We're going to die together." And that's how I put it. And and that's the way I know my experience last year. That's the way our community handled it. They stuck together. Mm-hmm. They stuck together. They kept competing. They kept each other going. Um, you know, they supported each other. It was it's it's just part of our lifestyle. It's going to be really interesting to get out the NFR this year to mm-hmm. go back to Las Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, it'll be just you know a, a thing to watch and see how everybody acts and reacts. So I, I'm hoping this is you know finally we're not going to be worried about it. Yeah. By then, it feels like forever away right now yeah no there's people flying out there right now for in preparation for it there's oh, people absolutely. going back and forth for it so absolutely i don't know I, I try not to talk about things that i know nothing about you know so if i don't if i'm not talking about something you know people you, are like you there's talk like, about you talk about bull riding <laughs> that's because i'm the greatest of Gazinga. all time watch your mouth this is my podcast um, yeah, when I stay away from like current issues, it's not because I don't care. It's because he's not smart enough. I'm not the expert on this thing, and there, my opinion doesn't matter. You know, like I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna be as uplifting as I can, try to make you guys laugh. But I mean, I'm not saying I'm embarrassed to weigh in my opinion. When that time comes, I'll weigh in on it. You know, bold and loud, and stand up and say it. But. I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna talk about certain things that my opinion doesn't matter to you guys. Like, you know, I'm not gonna just fuel fires for either side of an issue for no reason. Right. So, anyhow. Well, I'm I'm excited about Vegas, but 
We're that's why we don't talk about what we just talked about that often. You know, a lot of different opinions, a lot of different things out there, but I'm just too uneducated to like. I'm not going to be a headline reader and you know go on oh. an hour long podcast to talk here's, about. Here's things. the thing: every every at some point in this last year, everyone was wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm not kidding. Everybody I kept my mouth shut from the beginning because there was no way to be. None of us had the game plan. We didn't right. know where this was headed. What was going to happen? So. At some point, whatever your opinion was, you were wrong. Yeah, well, I I wasn't wrong because I kept my mouth shut and I didn't have an opinion <laughs> on it. Like I was like, I think this is the first time we've said anything yeah. about it. Like, yeah, I that's it, it exactly, hundred percent. And, and I don't, and and that's just, that's even. This is the first time we talked about it on the podcast. Yep. We don't even talk about it off the podcast. You know what I mean? I didn't even because I we I, haven't. Yeah, we haven't talked about it in months. Yeah. I just follow the yeah. rules and do what you know. So the rules in Winnipeg because you know as a lot of people spoke up and then things happened and they what were wrong. That, what's know? that thing that about was the tallest nail? At first. <laughs> 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 I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna blow over. It's you know, three weeks. Like this is. Yeah. I was a hundred percent. And I wasn't even telling you you were wrong. Yeah, because no I, one knew. I, was I mean, like, none of us knew. I was like, this, they're blowing it out of proportion. I just know that I I went to. A lot of events, ropings and sortings and stuff, and and people were were getting COVID. They were managing it, and they were getting right back on their horses and going back to work. I I, I think there's 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 extremes on both sides. There's people that act like it doesn't exist, and then there's people that use it to manipulate and and try to control other oh people. God. And both sides are obvious. Though. Like there's a, anything you do, there will be extremes. You know, yeah. if you're talking about you know a rule in the PRCA that needs or doesn't need to be changed then there's going to be extreme opinions even on that you know we're all cowboys but same thing with this we're all americans but there's going to be extremes either direction so i'm not going to be the expert on which what what the right but like i said if i get if you put me on spot and we need and i need to make a stand for something i will i'm not scared to do that Mm -hmm. but i doubt you guys are coming to dale brisby for (laughs) no for, no, you know what I mean. Like they, I'm going to respect why you came here. They're coming to you here. for bull riding advice. People, yeah, you come to me for bull riding advice. Wait, wait, wait. People want their lives back, and I'm excited about. It. Like we had, um, we were in uh, uh, Oklahoma for the uh, um, Bob Feist Invitational. You know, it's a week of roping, and and people came out, and they came from all over, and they were excited. We were all just so excited to be together, and I've got the ranch sorting national finals. It'd be like two thousand people at um, uh, Will Rogers here in a couple of weeks. It's I look for so forward to that. Just back to the regular stuff, mm-hmm. doing stuff that we do as a community. Yeah, no, I mean it's you know I deal when I go day work at, at certain places. You know, mm-hmm. like last week, I'm around a bunch of guys that. Uh, those big ranches, they've got two kinds of cowboys usually that that might be working. One of you know, you've got campers or like guys that are hired and they're there year round. Right. Like that's what that's what my dad was. He was there for for a short time of his life. Like he yep. was a camper. So like, these ranches will be really really big, and so they've got different parts of the ranch where they will put a cowboy it's so far out there that not everybody can live at a headquarters you know because yeah. some of them may have to drive 45 miles 
to do their daily tasks. Well, it makes more sense to put a house out there. Right. And then they're right in the middle of the, the cows they're responsible for. So they, they call those camps, those houses on different places, and then they call the guys that live at them campers. So these are full-time guys. And you've and, and some of the, if you watch Bud Force's documentary, The Cowboys, then it'll show you, you know, some of the more remote places where their camps are. Some of them got to drive two and a half hours on dirt roads to get to town, stay the night, get their groceries next morning, drive right. back. It's a 24-hour ordeal to get groceries. So, but the point is, is like to be a camper, you've got to be someone that is uh, very okay with not interacting with people. Yeah. You know, like because you, and and for <laughs> those campers, like spring works and fall works, spring works being when you're branding, fall works or when you wean, those are like the highlight of their year because they get to be around their buddies. Yep. And, and the hardest job is being those guys' wives. You know, mm-hmm. and they're going to raise a kid out in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes they're going to have to homeschool them. If they do take them to school, it's going to be a 45-minute drive type deal sometimes. So there's there's that lifestyle. And then the other type of cowboy that may show up on spring works or fall works is a day work cowboy. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have the luxury of getting paid by that ranch year-round. It's just a day rate for yeah. the days he's there. But um, anyhow, growing up, I, I, I didn't fully understand the difference in the two you know and as I got older and started to understand I was like oh I'm gonna be a day work cowboy you know because I I just love interacting with people Mm -hmm. you know and so like there's guys that I think you know if you watch uh, the ranch album it's a, a ranch in New Mexico it's an old film and there's not been one like it you know if you watch the ranch album it talks about like there's an old man talks about like if you if you got to be around people, this may not be the life for you. Right. But he's talking more about the 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 camper type lifestyle. And anyhow, my rodeo and the day work side is like I like going to rodeos. I like being behind the shoots. Yeah. I like interacting with. That's what I love about rodeo. Yep. It's like you get there and it's like you're all part of a family doing the same thing mm-hmm. and you have this thing in common so if you see a bull rider or a bronc rider that you've never met before you can go over it's really easy to strike up a conversation yeah. with that person and it's it is not out of the realm of possibilities that two or three rodeos later you guys are really close friends mm-hmm. by the end of the summer he's in your favorites on your phone you know he's someone you're calling often and um, that to me is and that's why I like social media you know, it, it, that's what I love about it. You know, it's like we've not only got the rodeo thing in common, but now we've got this behind-the-shoots feeling that we can have on the Internet in a time where there may not be a rodeo. Yep. So anyhow, it's that is one thing that was challenging about last summer, but at the same time, you know, it got gave us more time to execute on the things that got us here, which is... Right. I, people are grateful. Content. I know people are grateful for you doing that. Oh. Yeah, and 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 that that is because it, like you you were saying, you know, it keeps you connected. It was keeping you connected even when you're not there. Together. Right, you're not in the back shoots together. <clears throat> yes, and some people don't understand that. Like at the core of what we do, that's that. I mean, we made videos for three years without making a dime. <laughs> three years, you know. Like, why would we do that? Why would somebody make videos for three years? It was just because we legitimately enjoyed making people laugh, period. Like, what would be the motivation when we had other jobs 
no, 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 we're going to do this thing this evening for three hours mm -hmm. and edit this video, put it together, put it on the internet, you know, put it on Facebook, put it on, at the time, Instagram went around. But like, like what would be the motivation behind that if we knew we weren't going to make a dime and we had zero intentions of ever making a dime, you know? And so that's what's, that's what's challenging for people that are coming to the internet today. Yeah. They come, all right, I want to make money. Let's start yeah, that's an Instagram. Not step one. That's 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 their step one, you know. And it's like <laughs> I heard. I need I to get paid Friday. I'm trying to remember from who Instagram. it was. <laughs> I, it'll come to me. It might have been Joe Rogan, either Joe Rogan or Gary Vee. But like, if you look at life through the lens of no, it's Dave Chappelle. If you look at on a Joe Rogan podcast, if you look at life success through the lens of money, you're going to miss the mark. 100% of the time. Well, I, I don't sell horse feet. I got 500 videos on my YouTube channel. Most of them are my dad giving away his knowledge 50 years making, you know, feed as a nutritionist for free. That's what we do. We just throw it out there. And, and that's, you know, Dr. Harry. People want to see Dr. Harry. They want to learn from Dr. Harry. That's what we do. The, the main reason I've started to look at numbers and started to look at revenue and why it needs to be at a certain mark moving forward is because of employees for me like I before we had 10 or 12 employees it it did not matter it was me and one other person right. and it just I never looked at revenue right. because so long as we paid this light bill and had enough to replace the inventory we just sold, then like, whatever, it didn't matter. But then now all of a sudden, you know, we've got 10, 12 employees, and so we've got to make payroll. So now it's like, okay, well, we have to make a certain amount. And that, that to me, I've looked at lately. And so when looking forward at the economy and how things may or may not still change or go back, you know, thank the Lord we were able to survive, you know, 2020. I, I, and, and but yeah, I'll never forget that phone call you made to me. Yeah, you were worried. Well, and you, it's none, because yeah, of the employees. Don't. You know, I just that's I, what you said. I don't. I don't want to have to have that conversation. Like, look, you I called love me having and you're you like, here. I, I don't. I don't I know if I can you. take care of everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm that was. About. That was week one. That was when it hit. You know? Yeah, that was like March. Of and then last year, we all kind of realized, like, you know, our industry was gonna survive you know and everything and we, we didn't know we had as a team we had been frugal we had mm -hmm. you know I don't own a jet ski you know I don't and I don't plan to so long as I have <laughs> I wish I wish you could have that conversation with me because no I, th that sounds terrible but if it would have came to that point I would have I don't know where you think I'm gonna go. But <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, Donnie, Donnie, I can't same. pay you. Mm -hmm. All right, well, yeah. See you tomorrow. Give me next year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, I would sell, a, I would do some some major things before I just I don't know, but. Anyway, moving forward, like, Lord willing, that that's my goal. Like, I don't have, like, an income, like, a, a revenue goal. I do not. I just, I don't, it's so arbitrary. Uh, yeah, like, I don't, you just, you're just stabbing in the dark. You're yeah, just going like, to pick a number. Why in the world would I sense. set this big number, you know, because, assuming it would be big, 
if you set it. Like, why would I set this number that you I know, hope? The mistake I think I, I see people make w when you bring that up is like they have a something they want to buy. So they're like, well, that's my number. Or, yeah. or again, which is all right. Which I, I'm guilty of that. Or, like, or that yeah. they but look at that. That's how they they think it would. They think they have to do that to be quote unquote successful. Going back to like what Dave right. Chappelle's like, maybe it's not that they want to buy a boat, so they need to net forty three extra well, thousand dollars. You did the air. They just think because. To them, it's like I want people to think I'm right, successful. right. Mm -hmm. Or they see another they company do X, Y, Z, and they think, yeah. okay, well, they did this much revenue, so for me to be successful, I need to do at least this much revenue. Right. And I think that's what Dave Chappelle is talking about. When you look at it through the lens of money, that's when you're when really in reality, like, am I successful? Are we successful as an organization? Absolutely, we are. Yep. Because we. For the most part, to my knowledge, we all enjoy what we do every day. Yep. And we make enough money to support the people in the organization that do it. Yep. Period. But so you, we're a success. You do that by focusing on your customer. You give Oh them, man, a hundred percent. The you give day them content, I, you give them fresh stuff, you give them good service. The day I told I did a, a social media speech thing. Uh, Tuesday and that was that was the first thing I said the day I lose it will be the day that I stop prioritizing the audience over myself and that will be the day that I deserve to lose oh you you told me that like two or three years ago 100% so, so uh, I, you're not just pulling that out of your and, and what I mean by that it's like and 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 yeah eventually to to keep the doors open to buy these expensive cameras we're filming this podcast on we have to sell a t-shirt. So like there's a point where I got to say DaleBrisby.com. Yeah, but I love this t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but so buy this anymore, there's but a sales it. pitch. But <laughs> right, if you, you follow me for anymore. 90 days, it's pretty easy to do the math that like there's I get messages every day, where can I get your apparel? This person does not know. Like that is our main source of revenue. Mm -hmm. And this person follows me enough that they want a shirt, but they but apparently I've not said where to get it enough that they don't know where. Like that is a that is a very intriguing. If anyone were ever to ask yeah. me, where do I get your shirts? Like just thinking about that. Okay, this person likes Dale Brisby enough that they want to wear his face, but Dale Brisby hasn't said his website enough that they know where to get it. Mm -hmm. The fact that those people exist, I think, shows like where our priorities are. Exactly. <laughs> Like I've got, and 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 especially like it's my name, DaleBrisby.com. So, or one of them. But it's like it's names? so simple. What? Like, who? One of what? <laughs> said said whose one names? Of one of I, I did. I didn't say that. Oh. Anyway, it's, it's <laughs> but I think I think I've got respect for brands out there that are because it's okay to say like, okay, I'm gonna start an apparel brand. Let's use that just because that's what we are. <clears throat> I'm gonna start a t-shirt or a cap brand, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna use the internet to. That's fine. Like this is a capitalistic. We like I'm an yep. entrepreneur. Like you want to start a for-profit company, then do it. You know, yep. that's great. But uh, it's gonna be a battle when you go to like. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm working with somebody. They were like, "Hey, I want you to come film at this photo shoot." okay what kind of content you want you know I do interviews off the side of them no I want some candid stuff and I want it to go viral and I yeah. bet you do 
Yeah. Uh, I will bring. I'll bring we my, all do my like, viral camera video. Okay, let me let me. Uh, that's a different camera. Let me just get this camera. Yeah, this one's for viral video. This one's for viral. Okay. They didn't want to go viral. They no, wanted they to. Oh, okay. That, that was, was his. Like, we don't. We don't like the interviews. That we was just, his parameter. That was. That was like. Can we do a viral? video? What do you want out of? What do you want out of this? Oh wow. We want viral videos. Okay, check. God, I'll work on that. We do interviews because I, the interviews you do with with people are like to make sure you get content you know because right. you know that's one way anyway it's just a the the point is i understand where they're coming from and i know obviously i know why you want that you know mm -hmm. but <clears throat> you can't just man i want to sell a bunch of witch digits so i need to if i want to sell you a horse i gotta have your attention you gotta be looking at me the more attention I have, the more things I can sell. Right. Plain and simple. And so people like, it's and funny you, like. You don't get their attention by beating them over the head that you've got a horse. With the to sell. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you got to give them a reason to want the horse. Yeah. Or witch a digit or t shirt or whatever yeah. it is or, or bag of feed, you know. And How many so, panels did we sell in the crawling video? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we can see. I can see the things forming in a, in a person's mind. Like, if you're around kids, like we're, you know, I was at uh, a buddy's kid's uh, birthday party the other day, and there's all these kids sitting around, and they're playing on a bounce house. And there's a skid steer, or a tractor, either a tractor or a skid steer. It's in like, the bounce house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but close to it. And it's like this kid comes over and asks his dad, it's like, He's staring at this skid steer tractor, whatever it was, and you can see Bounce the house, question coming a mile house. away. You know, three-year-old asks, four-year-old asks his dad if he can drive the, and so by mid-sentence, the dad like, no, I'm sorry, you can't drive the tractor by yourself, go play on the bounce house, you know. Same exact thing happens with me. Well, with anybody in our industry, it's like, you can see this person realizing like, oh, you've got all these followers and I have this thing to sell and inevitably they always put their hands together like like this like I need to make your followers mine and we can come together like this and you can we're starting so you can give me a shout out I got two text messages last night. oh my god one was at 930 and they were like we need you to give us a shout out because we need more followers so we can get more for those of you that don't know I'm laughing because this happens literally every minute that we're out in public. Somebody tries to get Dale to wear something, sell something, hey, take man. a picture yeah. in front of their whatever. Oh, absolutely. I'm to sell this thing. Yeah, well, like, we're having this benefit auction. Yes. Like, hey, like, here's a flyer. We need you to post yeah, this. Yeah, post this flyer. And it's a benefit, yeah. So, which means, like, okay, well, we don't want to pay you. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's like, yeah. and... Anyways, first off, number one, I'm a thousand percent grateful that you are paying attention to my stuff enough that I'm on your radar to yep. be part of whatever it is you're doing. Super grateful. Mm -hmm. But it's like, the reason why I don't want to do it is not because I don't like you or your event or doing benefits for kids. It has nothing to do with that. It's mm -hmm. the fact that like, I have worked my buns off every day to entertain a crowd of people. And I only have so many moments that I can say, will you also entertain buying this thing or come into this thing yep. in the year? I've only got so many of those moments because 
The moment you do that, you are going to lose some of that crowd's attention. The moment you try to sell them something, because people are smart. Yeah. And so it's like I've got to be very, very picky with what I sell to this crowd. That's because they, I, I value to, your attention. I hate to put it this way, but it's almost like they're being they're being disrespectful to your audience. Yes, it's not a, it's nothing personal to no. me, and I don't take it personal. Like it's not. And and. If I knew, it's about your audience. You, if, they expect things from you. They, it, they, they want my audience's attention. They don't. It's nothing personal towards Dale, you know. Right. If anything, it's a compliment to Dale. Sure. And I get that, and I take it that way. But it's just funny. Like an adult will come up to me, just like that four-year-old, and I can see the idea forming mm-hmm. in their head, and they're like, "Oh, I've got this." thing and if you post on your little phone machine that you're gonna be there 26,000 people will show up it's funny when people use like your amount of followers so Mm -hmm. if if all of them get like 50 cents yeah Yeah. like this thing I'm selling is only a dollar so let's say half of your followers buy it that okay it doesn't work like that well and and I'm real busy right now but you might want to run this by Ariana Grande yeah. She's, she's actually got more, got more followers, followers than me. Yeah, talk to Sylvester Stallone. He you really want to do the math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's in. It's it's. I'm super grateful for anybody that messages me, and that's how I start off every response. But you know, usually I can I can see it coming. Yeah, there's a difference because there's some people that you know, you know this. They're trying. They've got a, a good product. Uh, they're trying to find an audience and stuff. That's different from people that are just lazy. Yeah, they're like, well, I don't, I don't really want to market this, but, and but you, you, you could for me, and and for there's <laughs> and, and and believe me, like there's ways that I'll work with those brands, like find, let's find an interesting way, yeah, for for us to work together where we can respect the audience, meaning entertain Number one. them, yeah, we'll respect them, and then we present your thing in a unique manner that doesn't piss them off, right, or make them disinterested, yeah. So like, you know, it's funny. You told me this like three years ago. You said this is the funniest thing about the internet. You make videos for the internet. You know, like people don't want you to waste their time. Yeah, what they're doing on the internet is wasting time, technically. But they don't, don't waste, want you to waste, waste their, their time. time. Yeah. So it's so funny. Like I'm muted. I don't like to unfollow some people because I feel like it'll hurt their feelings, but you can mute them when they pop up in your newsfeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, I found myself doing it. Like at night, right before I go to sleep, I might scroll through and the newsfeed and, and uh, I'm like, oh, gosh dang, this person's wasting my time. I'm gonna mute them, you know. Well, what am I doing? I'm, I'm literally wasting my time, but they're wasting my, I don't want them to waste my time. I'll do it, but I don't want you don't, to. Don't waste my time <laughs> wasting time, because that's my time. To waste. To waste. If I show, if I so choose, yeah, that's very interesting. So like, but if you come across my news feed and I know, like, there's certain people that I know, like, I gotta see this. This is gonna be interesting. I follow Katrin. She's yeah. inspiring. So Katrin is teaching people. She does motivating all those exercises. Them. I'm like, you know what? I feel like I almost worked out there. Thanks, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah Barron. Feels like stronger. Okay, this is a 115 pound cute girl that's pulling 64 pound catfish mm-hmm. out of the water with her bare hands. That's pretty damn interesting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. I want to watch that. What I like about her is she'd be doing it anyways. She 100. percent She's in the same that's boat as we I are. Respect. That's where I respect. 100. Like, yeah. When when you see the the 
genuine genuine love yeah, for genuine what she's yeah yeah yes she's that's, very authentic yes you know and you you bring up a really interesting point Donnie because people ask me um, mostly because my association with you you know what can I do I want to get you know want to get on the uh, internet or they have a job they're doing something I'm like turn your camera your phone yeah. around and just film yourself doing whatever <laughs> it is you do there is an audience for you. Well, at the, then get at the, to know them. Get at the end of the, the day, audience. just yeah. like what you said, like you know, well, what she does is interesting, mm -hmm. right? For people to be interested, we have to be interesting. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Like, if you want people to watch your stuff, if you want them to be interested in your stuff, then be interesting. But there's an audience for everybody who likes what they do. Yeah, and starts making videos now, out of it. Now, mm -hmm. uh, there some of these some of these things are more broad. For instance, right. yeah, Caitlin in, in fitness, there's a lot of fitness. Yeah. So so what you've got to do is be the best at it. You know, if you want, you know, you've got to be good at it. You know, and Caitlin is good at it. And so, like, if I wanted to just start a fitness page, me personally, it would not do well for a long time. You know, well, because... And, and that's it. There's a learning curve. And, and we've all been there, you know, where we started out making mediocre videos and then we started making better videos. The quality right. got better right. and the content got better. We didn't start out out of the chute going 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. You just got to get through that. Yeah. When you got to put some sloppy content out just to see how it goes. Yeah. You got, well, you got to let the audience be the judge and jury. Not they you. will tell you. Not you. Because we, we've sat on videos <laughs> for months thinking they weren't going to do well and yeah. they blew up. And then other videos we've... But spent, the audience will tell you. We've spent weeks trying to put together, and we finally put it out there, and it wasn't good. So, like, you got to let the audience be the judge and jury. But I thought you knew how to make a viral video. Yeah, no Whatever. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> but like I said, I'm not. I'm not throwing rocks at somebody that wants that. Right. I, I respect the fact that, like, you know, you're trying to sell your thing. Like, I get that. You know, and it's going to be hard for you to to then use the internet to market it. But you are gonna lose a hundred times out of a hundred if you go into it prioritizing yourself and making money over entertaining the people. And the moment that I do that, I'll lose and I'll deserve to lose, and and I'll be okay with it. You know, well, I won't. I'll be mad at myself, but I'm definitely not gonna be mad at the the market, the attend, the the audience. You know, like it's not their fault that I got less interesting and they became less interested. So my dad used to have a lot of like motivational speaker stuff laying around the house when I was growing up. It was really valuable for me, you know, books and tapes and stuff. And there was this guy, he's like the granddaddy of all those people, Earl Nightingale. He used to do motivational speaking back in the 50s and 60s. And he had this very simple formula. He said the, the amount of money you make um, is tied to uh, the value you provide for the community and the difficulty in replacing you. Yep. And I still feel that's dead on. Yeah, yeah. Provide value and make yourself irreplaceable. Yeah, be that good at it. And that's, I mean, that's how you do anything. Like, yep. it's not just you want to be a YouTuber. Like, you want job security. Provide yeah. value and make yourself irreplaceable. Yeah. That's the best way. And that, to be honest, like, the biggest challenge, or the, the, the biggest place that we see that here within our company is the interns you know because they come in doing a very simple job you know feed fold ship t-shirts mm -hmm. anybody can do it so like in your tenure here you got to find a way to make yourself irreplaceable mm -hmm. so Donnie did he's been here the longest he 
you know, edited, editing videos. Right. That's a pretty important thing for what we do. So right. he made himself irreplaceable. So yep. Caitlin, I recruited, so she came in and shook the place up. It's, it's a very different way to get involved. You know, like some people reach out to me and come to me through a different, you know, but anyhow, the point is no matter how you come into an organization or relationship even, you know, any relationship, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, a friend or a oh, yeah. loved one. Yeah, they, you're right. So I've done a lot of talking for the last 22 minutes. Donnie, this brings us to a point where well, give us some life advice. Can I go last? I always got to go first. Oh, really? I thought you, I, I thought I could have even said what you were going to say. What? He thought you had one in the chamber. Yeah, but you want it. Fine. You want it to be. Layup. He wants his drop the mic moment at the end of the podcast. Oh no, no, no. I don't. I don't have to have that. Mine's going to be the same old deal. What, what did you think mine was going to be? Don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice. Oh yeah, from. that's a good one. Um, yeah, but I was probably going to say if you start listening to uh, people in the stands, soon you'll end up in them. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take criticism for the people that you wouldn't take advice from. There, there's haters on some of the YouTube. That one or two that told Donnie he needed to get a different career because he bucked off these bad to the bone Stay Smith cults. He's been on like 40 horses, and mm -hmm. there was we went to Stay Smith Radio School or uh, Stay Smith Colt Bucking. It wasn't a school like they didn't bring horses with intentions of putting young riders on them so that, to build the young riders' confidence. It's quite the opposite. We've got these... The, or the horse's confidence? We've got these young, super-studded, bloodline horses that we want to test out, and so we're going to recruit guys to get on them. That's the truth. I mean, if, if and they, those of you who are listening outstanding. Don't, don't know, that is the thing contractors need to do. They need to build the confidence of their well, animal. And, and that's why that's why they don't charge for the colt bucking. So, Donnie, because <laughs> they know, like, some of these are going to be really ranking. You may not get any value out it's of these. It's free. What's, what's the, the school, downside? When you pay four and $500 for a school, it's like, okay, well, help me match up a weaker horse yeah. to my ability. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, he, he got on. He had ridden his last five horses, like, through the whistle mm -hmm. prior to this, you know, but then he got on seven horses and all of them were rank. And the, and at the, the least rank one, he rode the longest, you know. And so anyhow, it's just part of bronc riding. And that's one of those, you know, there's that Theodore Roosevelt quote about the man in the arena that Ellie, Eddie Gallagher kind of hangs his hat on and a lot of athletes. But, but the point is, is like, there's not very many people that have rodeoed, number one, and a lot fewer that have ridden Bronx. Yeah. And even uh, far less fewer that have ridden 50 Bronx. Yeah. So, like, you're sitting there talking to Bradley Harder and Tilden Hooper the next couple of days, and they're just like, yep, man, that's part of it. You're well on your way. You know, Bradley Harder, Dean Wadsworth, Jacobs Crawley have all said, Jacobs calls you a Bronx rider. They've all said, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. Those are guys that, like, do it for a living that you respect their your opinion yeah and they're also guys that i'm jacobs for dang sure if you didn't have what it took and you weren't doing the right thing he would have kept his mouth shut he wouldn't have he wouldn't have even talked to you he wouldn't have helped you at all because i've seen him interact with 
Because as a rodeo, you don't want to encourage somebody to do something that you think they're about to get severely hurt at. Yeah. I'm not going to speak up and say, keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, yeah. I'm going to try to talk you out of it yeah. if I say anything at all. Right. Those are the kind of guys you listen to, not, you know, Steer Rider Pants 47 on YouTube. <laughs> what, what advice you got, Caitlin? Uh, a lot of small steps help you get to your bigger goal. So, like, take Donnie, for example. He got on the spur board yesterday for, I don't know, like 10 minutes. You know, like a lot of small habits are going to help you get to that big goal. Don't try to, like, just, well, I got this big goal. I'm going to do it. And it's so mm-hmm. overwhelming. Those little small steps are going to pay off. So, like, he's eating better. He's, you know, working out harder, like, more towards what his goal is. But all of those little steps are going to help him get to his bigger yeah. goal of being a bronc rider. And I mean, that just goes for life in general. Yeah. Donnie, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite That's at it. a time. Uh, I think my life advice, I'll let you go last, Corey. See, I don't need the glow right. light at the end. I think my <laughs> no life pressure. advice is the uh, same one I've been saying. A man has two lives and his second one starts the moment he realizes he only has one. So, Oof. get busy. How, am I gonna, how do I follow that one? Top that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'll just, I'll remind everyone what I just said Earl Nightingale said. Your, the amount of money you make is tied to the value you create for your community, whatever community that is, whether in these days it's your online community, your home community, whatever that is. The value you provide for them, you've got to put that first and then be so good at it that it's hard to replace you. I'll just say it you know, another yep. way. Those two things. That's, that's where income really comes from. If you want to make money, focus on your audience and do good by them. Yep, 100%. Thank you for listening, watching, whichever one you're doing, Rodeo Time Podcast. We're on to the next one. Uh, Text me, 940-353-0890, and let me know. Text me the word podcast, let me know what you think, and uh, let me know if you think that, uh, um, you know, which side of the aisle you're on. Are you going to hitchhike in Alaska, or are you going to get a massage on Friday at 4 o'clock? So let us know I'm in, in, the road. in the text message. And, uh, and then with that, subscribe to that text message, I will then be alerting you when there are new podcasts out. So thank you. Have a great day. We're on to the next one.